Okay. So for the feng shui, a lot of times people say, oh yeah, I have a red door or, oh, my bed faces a certain direction. Right. And don't get me wrong. Those are great. But feng shui is so much more than that. Okay. And if you've ever created a vision board, right, where you cut out the little magazine pieces and you put it on some construction paper, that's telling me that you believe in the power of seeing something, putting it on your wall, seeing it every day, and that it's going to manifest. So how would we not operate if we believe in that, that our home is an extension of our energy and what we put on our walls through artwork, through color, through placement, is asking the universe for more of those things. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right. Where are my astrology loving peeps at? <laughs> this one's for you. And if you're like, ah, ah, I don't know. If you hear that someone's an astrologer or does tarot readings or does feng shui and you like want to walk away, I really do please to me the massive favor of just listening to this because we actually go in with with a much more explanatory way of how do these things affect your life. So not in scary predictions, but just like in information that you can take action. And I'm all about arming you with the tools to be it till you see it. So I wanted to bring on my friend, Kate Wind. She also has a podcast. You'll hear about it at the end and have her explain how your signs can assist you in knowing what steps to take next and how to go through some things. And we also talked about the energy of your home and my love is being it till you see it is not just about like consuming information and taking action and then going home. <laughs> Your home is such an important space for being it till you see it. And so she goes into great detail more than I've ever known about feng shui. And so I'm really excited for you to hear all this and be armed with some information. And I really do hope that you take that and her be it action steps and use them and then let us know how you use them. And then if you're at all intrigued, you know, contact her. Find, find someone like her because you're going to want this information in your life about who you are and what was going on when you were born to help you navigate what's going on next in your world, right? So here's Kate Wind. Let's get going. I, I'm like giddy for you to hear all this information because it's a lot of fun for me. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food from your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, be it, babe. I'm really excited because I, I, I know we met in person somewhere. And then we actually hung out. Oh, we met at a roller skating event. And then we hung out, um, just the two, just the four of us, actually your partner, my husband and I, and I really just think that you're the coolest woman. So y'all I'm bringing on Kate Wynn. That's who we have as a guest today, because, well, I think we've all had questions about astrology and feng shui. And sometimes we say things like, ah, damn Mercury and retrograde. And like, does that, what does that mean? <laughs> and is everything retrograde and Mercury's fault? Like maybe we're just blaming the wrong, the wrong planet. Right. So I wanted to bring on Kate because I think in being it till you see it, there are some things we can dabble in, in the astrology world, in the feng shui world. And I know you're like, oh, this is going to get woo woo. It's going to be a one woo, but it's going to be a hard woo. <laughs> and I think, um, I think Kate is going to just enlighten us in some ways that are going to make us go, oh, maybe I should be looking into astrology or feng shui. So Kate, can you tell everyone who you are and how you got to do what you're doing? 
Absolutely. So first, thank you so much for having me on today. Second, I love that. It's not going to be woo-woo, just one big woo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I appreciate you saying that because um, I'm an astrologer and uh, a feng shui consultant. And I love to bring these tools to people in a very digestible manner. So often when you start talking about these things, people, they have two reactions when they meet me. One is, oh my gosh, I love everything that you do. Or the second one, they kind of almost back away, right? Or they just don't even respond to what I said I do. Um, So how I got into it is I'm a second generation astrologer and tarot reader and feng shui consultant. And I was raised with the language. But it wasn't until five years ago that I had an aha moment and I decided I'm in the wrong industry. I can't continue doing the corporate grind like I've been doing and I need to launch my own business. So that's so interesting because you're second generation. And I think a lot of people can resonate with maybe resisting um, a journey that they were pretty much born for. Like, you you said it, you were like, you know, the language, your parents were speaking this all around you all the time. It was just kind of like how you grew up. Some kids grow up with their parents going to work nine to five and you grew up with your parents reading tarot cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And that is a great point. And I don't think at the time that I knew that I was going against it, but I also thought I want to prove to myself that I can go out there and do something on my own. Yeah, and so I went to UNLV. I got my bachelor's degree in psychology. I knew I wanted to help people. And that ended me up in the spa industry, right? I was a spa director for 12 something years. And, and that definitely is a form of helping people. It's the, the, you know, the therapy that happens to the body, the massages, the facials. But that wake up call, it was, you know, it was so intense. I was saying, I need to help people on a deeper level. And I think too, when we talk about that, woo, when it comes to astrology and feng shui, like these are these are tools that we can use that are just as good as therapy. Can we talk about how they're tools? Because I think yeah. that's where people, like you said it, some people are like, oh my God, I love that. I like, I have yeah. all the decks. Here's the decks that I have. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And then other people are like, hmm, um, okay, th- th- I'm going to just step over. <laughs> Why do that? So can we talk about um, what? what these tools are just on a basic level. And then maybe we can find out like, why do people want to like step away? Do they think you're a witch? <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, with the astrology, in order to be able to write a horoscope column in the back of shape or vanity, we had to boil astrology down to the 12 signs, mm-hmm. which are our sun signs, right? Just like me and you would say, okay, we're an Aquarius or someone else is a Pisces. And sometimes that's hard to believe. How can we put all of people into 12 simple categories? And that sounds very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And it's not to bash on sun sign astrology. It has its place. But I don't think a lot of people understand the depth of astrology. And that as an astrologer, I'm looking at all of your planets. I'm looking at what signs all of the planets sit in in your chart. I'm looking at what houses they sit in. I'm looking at the aspects that they make to each other, how they communicate to each other. And I start telling you things about you based on your chart that some people sit back and say, I've been in therapy for two years and I haven't received this type of validation, right? They say they feel seen. They say, oh, you've put into words how I've felt my entire life. Okay. This is brilliant because (laughs) this is where, this is why I want to bring you on. Cause I think in being it till we see it, we have to accept ourselves. And I think sometimes we think there's something wrong with us when yes. actually what that thing is that everyone is going, why don't they do it like that? That's literally your uniqueness. It's based yes. on your birth chart, which is more than your sun sign. And right. it's like, if you kind of went in with that uniqueness, it probably would take you to where you want to go. Yes. And so many people think astrology or tarot, for example, like, oh, I don't want you to tell me when I'm going to die. Okay, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not doing that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's Even- why they're scared and walking away. They're like, oh my God, she knows the end. <laughs> yes. Or they think I'm gonna tell them something horrible. And like I and I understand um readers have gotten a bad rep because clearly there are readers out there that like to talk about bad news. Right. You have to find just like a therapist, you have to find a reader that you feel comfortable with, that you resonate with their language. And I can guarantee you, I do not talk (laughs) about, I don't talk about death. I don't talk about, and if we talk about things that maybe aren't as fun to talk about, right? I give you very practical examples of how I've seen clients live through it. So you're not getting off the phone saying, I'm afraid to leave my house today, 
Right. That's not what it's about. That would be a complete disservice, I think, and very unethical as well. Yeah. <laughs> to do. Yeah. I think that is, I think that is, um, thank you for pointing that out. And I, 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 it's like anything, you know, um, cause as a Pilates instructor, people are like, oh, I tried that once. I didn't work for me. It's like, well, yeah. you probably just had the wrong teacher for you yeah. or you picked the wrong type of Pilates. Like there's so many, there's not just one way of anything anywhere. Correct. So, um, so there's that. So that's a great tool for really figuring ourselves out, which I think is cool and really helping us navigate steps we should take. That's kind of like what you do on that side. So feng shui, how is that a tool that people can use? Okay. So for the feng shui, a lot of times people say, oh yeah, I have a red door or, oh, my bed faces a certain direction. Right. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Those are great. But feng shui is so much more than that. Okay. And if you've ever created a vision board, right, where you cut out the little magazine pieces and you put it on some construction paper, that's telling me that you believe in the power of seeing something, putting it on your wall, seeing it every day, and that it's going to manifest. So how would we not operate if we believe in that, that our home is an extension of our energy and what we put on our walls through artwork, through color, through placement? is asking the universe for more of those things. Cool. So that's okay. like, that's like, um, there's, you're, you're putting things in place around your home as not just as visual evidence, but also things that could open up what is to come, what you want to come in, what you want to bring into your life. So you could be, yes. you could be putting things in your house in a way that is like blocking the things that you want versus like just making some changes. It's not just the red door. Yes. And I, I can give some great examples because storytelling sometimes is the most fun, but even if you're listening, you're thinking, oh, I've never created a vision board because I don't, I don't believe in that. I want to give one other example. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you've ever been on a diet and so you say, you know what? Okay. Starting Monday, I'm starting my diet. So over the weekend, you go through your pantry, you throw out all the candies, you hide the flour, whatever it is, you stock the fridge with fruits and vegetables, waters, whatever. You're changing your environment in order to get a result. And I think that's really what feng shui comes down to. We can sometimes become overwhelmed within ourselves. How do I make a change? Okay, well, change your environment. Sometimes it's not just the mindset. So I know I've read a very cute story about you where you manifested Brad, yeah. right? With the two coffee cups. Yeah. Okay, so often I'm in someone's home and they have one reclining chair in the living room. So if anyone was to come over, where would they sit? Mm. Or I've been in people's homes where they only make one side of the bed. They only have one pillow, one nightstand. Okay, well, where would this other person belong in your life? To me, you're telling the universe, I like one person sleeping in this bed because it's not even made for two. Yeah, yeah. Examples like that is what I consider the power of working with your home to create your reality. So I, I love this because even for people who are trying to make room for something in their in goals, like in their business, or they want to have a new job or bring something in. If you don't have create, if you don't create space in your calendar, you yes. get, you're not going to be able to bring in that new side hustle, that thing that you want to do next. It's, so you, it's like, we think of feng shui as like these particular things. Like I'll, I, when I think of feng shui, I never will forget my mom came to my first apartment. She's like, your toilet is in your relationships corner. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she was that's like, very real. She's like, but it's okay. Cause we put this thing over here. It's going to do that. <laughs> yes. But yes. it's also, it's, it's also just like setting yourself up, setting things up to bring in what you want more of and looking around to see what things are you actually not welcoming in by putting on. Like I will, I will remember when I first got my own place after I was homeless and single, I had wanted to create as much room as possible in my studio apartment, of course. So I pushed yeah. the bed up against the corner. Oh, okay. <laughs> so guess what, y'all? Let me just tell you that lasted two weeks because the moment someone has stayed the night, I was like, I'm going to be getting out of bed to go to the bathroom. Like, what's <laughs> what is yeah. happening here? <laughs> yes. Well, so, I mean, so many things I want to say to that. Yes. Beds in the corners like that reminds me of like a child's room. Mm. or even a prison cell. And that's the thing is during a consultation with a client, I'm not going to come in and accuse them of those things, but I'm going to say, what's happened since you put your bed in the corner? Or what do you think would happen if we moved the bed out of the corner and put you in the power position? Mm. Right? So 
simple things like that. And I do not want to discredit the, the Bagua, of course, the different elements. I, I do all that as well. Sometimes that's not as fun storytelling, though, when I'm talking about what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Well, and Brad's going to want to know what a Bagua is. He's definitely, definitely oh, yeah. the word that went out. <laughs> yes. So it's like a floor plan that we put over the home mm. based on the front door of the home. And there's different corners. So there's a corner in everyone's home for money, for relationships, for your fame and reputation, for your cash flow, for your helpful people. And again, it's all based off of the front door. Okay. But I wanted to tell a quick story about yeah. you had mentioned about maybe business because we gave a lot of examples about relationships and maybe people are listening saying, I have a relationship. Those don't apply to me. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was working with a client who she was self-employed and she catered almost exclusively to women. And in her financial corner, she had an image of a woman's back. Okay. And it was beautiful. It was, but it was an outline, but it was clearly the back of a woman. And I said, do you feel like women have been turning your, their back on you in the financial corner, right? We have a woman turning away and giving just the backside. And she said, I've loved this painting since I was little. I've had this for years. I said, well, what if we just do an experiment and take it down for two weeks, put it in your garage, put it somewhere, just take it down. She said, okay, I'll do that. Within a couple of days, right? She was texting me. She's like, I just sold three of my highest level classes. I can't believe this, right? But we buy artwork because we're attracted to it, right? Maybe she was going through a divorce and she was like, I feel connected with mm -hmm. that solo woman in that image. But as well as, as Americans, right? We buy things and we put it in our home and we kind of stay like, you're going to stay there until I move, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. When I was. I've, yeah. You know, what's actually really funny is um, one, I like to clean out the house every beginning of every year, I like to move things around. I like, yes. I'm like, well, as we're currently sitting here, I redid this table mostly for a photo shoot, but now I'm like, well, I'm going to keep it. Cause this is like, all of my crystals are here, these things. Right. And we it. redesigned the living room. I always liked the living room, but I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know. We put, you know, we moved in, we put everything in there. And for, this is so funny for a photo shoot, I was like, well, this living room is not on brand with the photos we have to do. <laughs> so we had just bought this rug randomly and I just put it in the podcast room because I hate the carpet. And when I come out to get ready for the shoot, they took the carpet that I put in the podcast room and they moved it over the couch. And then we rolled the rug up and put on different rugs from the other rooms. And I was like, oh, well, the living room is staying like this, everyone. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> yeah, because it feels so spacious. It feels so rich. It feels like warm and like you want to sit in it. And yes. um, and so like I I think you know I used to my mom's listening to this and she would change the house in the middle of the night and with her function and all the things. Yeah. And my my dad did flip over a couch because the couch moved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> walking in the dark. I get it. <laughs> but. I think it's important to move things around. It's not, it, 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 am I right? I'm like, we're moving the energy around. So if you're like wanting right. to change things up in your life, like moving things around in your house can help do that. Yeah. And that's a very simple example too. Like think of a desk that's been sitting in the carpet for so long and it think how hard it is to move it that initial inch because it's really dug its, its weight, if you will, into the carpet where it leaves those little marks. And so it's even a very, very simple exercise. We might say, take something that's been in your house that's been sitting there for a long time and shift it by two inches. Because some people are resistant to change. I love that you're <laughs> saying, I'm moving my stuff around. I love to move my stuff around too. But some people do not like that. And so if you're listening saying, that sounds great, but I'm, I'm not on board for that. Yeah. <laughs> Try just shifting your stuff by a few inches. And while you're doing it, set the intention of unsticking yourself. In whatever situation that might be, in your relationship, in a job that you don't like, in a friendship that isn't a two-way street anymore, whatever it is. Mm, this is so cool. That's like right? so, what a great like little action step you could take. It's just like just, <laughs> and have the and have the intention around what you're trying to unstick with that. Ooh, Correct. okay. So I love that. Um, probably come back to this, but I wanted to for for the people who are with the tarot cards and with the astrology. I'm wondering. Are there certain signs, and this is maybe like a, like a dumb okay. question, but like, are there certain signs that like it's easier for them to show up more confidently to um, to take action, or is every sign capable of doing that? It's just that them recognizing their strengths and powers. I operate under the idea that your sun sign is not doing you a disservice. Hmm. However, 
yes, people like fire signs, for example, right? We would think, oh, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius might show up more confidently. But if you're a Le- an Aries sun and you have uh, Venus, the planet of love and beauty and softness, right? Sitting on your sun, it's going to take away some of that power. It's going to soften some of that fire even. Mm. So I don't think that there is a way to just say, oh, you know, boil it down to those 12 signs. Right. It's like because you'll hear things like, oh, there have been more presidents who have an Aquarius sign than anything else. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) But it's also kind of hilarious because it's just like there's so much more than just your sun sign. And also, I love that you pointed out that it's not here to do a disservice to you. And I think that's really cool because I. I often hear, well, I, it has to be like this because I'm a Virgo or whatever. Yes, (laughs) I know. I know people like blame their astrology sign for their behavior. And sometimes it's just funny and I can totally appreciate the humor for that. But sometimes I think people are serious that they think that they have to be a certain way because of their sign. And that's not that they have a control around that. They are something they have to do. Yeah. Especially if you're just basing off of that sun sign. Mm. So what are their, um, what other parts of the signs should people be paying attention to? Should they all do their birth chart and like, what would that reveal? And does it, your birth, your chart doesn't change over time, right? You would look at it at different times in your life, but it stays the same. Correct. So there's two different ways in astrology. One, you could have a natal birth chart reading. So we would just look at where the planets were when you you were born and those don't change, right? We can't go back and change what the planets look like in 1985. So that gives insight into lifelong themes. Um, I think people have become a little bit more familiar with their big three. So their sun, their moon, and their rising sign. And that absolutely starts coloring, you know, the picture. But I think having a natal birth birth chart reading, you understand the degrees. You understand what the degrees mean. You understand the aspects. And again, that can give you insight into those lifelong themes. And sometimes people... We, you know, we question ourselves. We think, oh, you know, I'm different or I'm weird and leaning into it and hearing someone validate. No, that's in your chart. That's how you're supposed to be acting. That's how you react to things. That is what you're good at. Those mm-hmm. are situations that you will continue and continue and continue to um, come up against in your life. It's like, oh, my God, so much like validity <laughs> that you're getting yeah. from someone. Yeah, this is so this is so interesting because it's like you said, sun rising and moon. And I yes. think, um, I, like I lived in LA for 14 years and I, and it's, I say it as a joke, but actually for other podcasters that I listen to who live in LA, like you come to LA, they just immediately give you a drop of understanding astrology in a very, yes. <laughs> in a yes. very interesting way. Like yes. you just pick up on it. Yeah. So I was like, so I, I know the sun and the rising. I did not actually know about the moon. So, um, so that's interesting. So you had the, you have the natal chart and then there's what is the other chart then? So the other one would be more predictive. So we're ba- we're basing it off of your natal chart. Where were those planets when you were born? But now we're saying where are the planets right now as we're speaking and how do they aspect the planets when you're born? Oh, so we might say, oh, Saturn is approaching your sun. That happens for all of us. Um, Every seven years or so, not at the exact time, because it's going to depend on where Saturn was and where the sun was when you were born. And then we can talk about linking years. So I can say, okay, you're about to go through this energy. But before we talk about this energy, tell me what was going on in 1993. Mm. Right. And I'll have the client go down kind of memory lane. Those are great examples. You're going to be going through that energy again. Now, maybe there's 28 years difference between that time. So it's not going to happen the exact same way. But there's comfortability in knowing I've been here before. I survived it. <laughs> Nothing horrible happened. Right. And now here we're going through it again. That is actually really cool stuff, because instead of you go thinking like something new is happening to you, you yes. actually can go. You can actually have this confidence like, oh, I have the data. I survived that. Right. Exactly. I'm also much older and I've yes. experienced it. So I can bring that with me and Correct. you don't have to make it. It doesn't have to feel so foreign or unknown. Yes, exactly. And there will be energies where I will say this is once in a lifetime energy or you have never been through this or, you know, some people will never go through this in their life. I do preface those things right to walk through it. But I love to take notes from my clients. So I have great stories of how people have lived it out. 
Mm. Of course, I'm never divulging people's names, right? It's all very confidential, but I'll just say I've seen clients, this has happened to them or that has happened to them. So these are some examples of how you might see it play out in your life. So here's what's so amazing is that, and this is why I'm glad I said it was a one move because it really is. Because in some okay. ways you're like a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, You're just using a different science than the psychology or, you know, um, there's like a couple others out there, sure. but you're, 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 you're using a historical form of like, um, predictions, like a different word, the word I don't want to use, but like, you're looking at things and you're going, okay, here's how other people have done it. Here's how we've done it. We could take this data and then you, based on here's your strengths and here's what you were, here's what you were born with can go and navigate it. It's really yes. like supportive. And I think I remember growing up and people like reading their, oh, my astrology said I'm in like blah, blah, blah this week. It was like something bad. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I read them sometimes and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then let's talk about, so you mentioned that there's some things that I could be going through based on when I was born and that time happening. And like, you wouldn't like the seven years thing. Sure. But then there's the thing that like literally makes the news and Mercury is in retrograde. Like it makes the news and everyone's afraid of like, yes, well, the I know. fax machine. I can't believe anyone has a fax machine still. It's just, right. you, the reason it's not working is because it shouldn't be, but like what, um, what is that? And what should people like, how should people approach that? And so it's not like, oh, this is the worst several weeks of my life. Yes. Okay. It's so funny because all of the planets retrograde, right? Pluto retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Jupiter, you name it. They all retrograde. I don't know why Mercury has taken the hit for all the planets <laughs> retrograding. It's like the redheaded stepchild of the planets or something. I don't know. Right. It's it. It gets a lot of heat for, for it. And there's some validity in it for sure. But Mercury retrogrades two to three times a year. So we are so familiar with that. Think if you take your age times two or three, that's how many times you've dealt with Mercury retrograde in your life. Right. That's pretty crazy. Um, I would say something kind of interesting, though. If you've seen your birth chart, most of them will make a note of what planets were in retrograde status when you were born. Mm. And some people that were born with under a mercury retrograde which could be rather common because it retrogrades two to three times a year sometimes clients say they feel more compatible when mercury is in retrograde status because that's what they were born under oh, that's, that's what they know yeah that's what was built into their chart oh that makes so much sense to me because like i remember being in a yoga class and it was a, after it was like a totally rainy stormy night the night before and it was like how many of you didn't sleep well because of the rain and i looked around and i was like oh my god like slept like a baby <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like bring on the storm <laughs> yeah absolutely mm, okay that that makes a lot of sense and yes it does get i'll i have to i have a funny uh mercury story so my engagement ring when brad okay. called my um jewelry designer up to say hey i'm on a pros leslie she's like oh don't worry give me five weeks and okay. he goes okay like that's you don't need any he's like she's like i already know i got the size and what she wants like just give me five weeks Oh my God. So he calls her five weeks later and he goes, Hey, um, I haven't heard from you. Like, how's everything going? She's like, it's not right. I don't like it. I shouldn't have started during retrograde. I'm going to do another one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I saw that one and it's true. It was not the one for me. (laughs) Yes. Well, and so there's a positive to Mercury retrograde, right? We want to blame it on everything, but because it's in retrograde, R E, right? I say it. It really supports doing anything that begins with RE, rethink, mm. reconsider, redesign, mm. uh, reorganize, relaunch. Like if we can work with the energy, then it will be, will be more supportive. Okay. That's cool. Right. So um, I understand what the ring thing, that probably was a setback. <laughs> you know, Brad could have been kind of disappointed. Well, oh, I had reservations for this time or whatever, based on this five week thing. But um, your jeweler, wow. What is that called? Your jeweler. Jeweler. (laughs) Your jeweler was probably like, um, I'm going to redesign it. And I'm hoping that she was more satisfied with the end result. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm so me too. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right. But reworking it, redesigning it. And that's a way to be more compatible with the energy. Mm. Okay. That I think that's really cool because I think um, it is more actionable that way. So instead of going, oh, you know, I, my friend and I would go for a run. He's like, 
retrograde starting right now and I've got this thing going on and da da da. And it's like, if I had known that I could, there could be like, oh, during this time, instead of doing these things, I'm going to focus my energy more around this. And that, I mean, for those people who listen to the show, they love an action that they can take. And it, and I always say like action is the antidote to fear, right? It brings clarity. And so yes. if you can take action instead of like going, oh, I'll just wait for this to stop messing with my email and my computer. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if, especially, yeah, when you hear the next retrogrades coming, um, if you've been thinking about redesigning your website to rework your menus, save it, save it for Mercury retrograde, because that's the time that you should be rethinking. Mm, okay. Are there any other times in the year that we should be thinking about other stuff? Is there a different retrograde that we're thinking of the wrong way? Um, oh my gosh. Well, so because I had mentioned all planets retrograde, um, oh my gosh, that's such a loaded question. I'm trying to think where I want to go with that. <laughs> um, you know what? I might, might switch it a little bit on you, but I might okay. suggest that we should be watching right now. Pluto. Okay. Okay. Pluto just went direct here August 8th. I'm sorry, October 8th. So here just a couple, you know, um, pretty recently. And Pluto also retrogrades every year. Not a lot of people talk about Pluto retrograde, but the reason that it's very significant right now is because since it's moving direct, that means that it's headed straight for the sign of Aquarius. Now we haven't seen Pluto change signs since 2008. So we'll walk through a little exercise here. Pluto moved into Capricorn in 2008. Pluto can be rather disruptive. We're talking very different from Mercury at this point, right? Okay. Pluto's the before and after. It's the scene, kind of the guts of the situation. It's power. It's, it's money. And it moved into Capricorn, which rules our structural systems of our society. So our government, our laws, our rules. So we go back to 2008 when Pluto moved into Capricorn. Of course, most people already know what I'm about to say, but right, we saw the recession. We saw the housing crisis. We saw a disruption in a lot of the um, policies and procedures that we thought were safe or sound that oh, they'll, they'll always be there. This is how it will always be. And now as we're speaking, we're seeing the bookend mm. to Pluto and Capricorn. And I'll, I talk to clients about this as well when they go through long cycles. Okay, what happened when this energy moved in, in this year? Oh, we're in the bookend year. And oh my gosh, people have such aha moments. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's like the exact same storyline, right? How are we doing this 30 years later? Yeah. This is so, okay, that's interesting. So then as it's from the bookend, yes. and it's about to switch signs. Correct. Is this going to be a good thing? Like, do we want it to get out of it? <laughs> or is or is Aquarius going to like set it all on fire? <laughs> I know. I'm excited for it to move into Aquarius. Again, I love Aquarian energy. I, I have an Aquarius son, right? Mm -hmm. I'm yep, assuming yep. you love Aquarius too. Yes. Um, Aquarius is for the people. You know, and I do think we are seeing a shift, right? That there, I do think, yes, people are getting more rich. I, I understand that I'm not taking that away, but we have platforms now where we can communicate as normal, just everyday working people. We have a larger voice because of platforms, because of TikTok, because of different things where we can get together and kind of rally together or share our insight quicker than we've ever been able to do it before. Mm. So I do think that Aquarius will accentuate that. And we will see some of the power being taken away from a lot of the stuff that was created since 2008. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I think that's could be, I think there's a, there's good sides to that. This I is, do as well. and this is like, so here's what's so funny is like, you can use astrology for your own personal stuff. Yes. And then you can look at it as like a global energy of what's happening. And yes. doesn't that tie us all so much more together that like, we're not just like individual people like running around not knowing what to do like the whole ever we're all going through this together with our own stuff correct yes mm. that was like even when the pandemic went off we had pluto and saturn meeting up for the first time um in the sign of capricorn you know and astrologers were saying like something big is going to happen in 2020 like something's big is going to happen when these come together well of course i was concerned about how it's going to happen on on a worldly level, but also I was looking at people's charts. Okay, where is it happening in the person's chart? And, you know, everyone was affected differently by what we've been through the past two years. Some people made a lot of money off of it. Some people it hit really hard. Well, because that conjunction that we were all dealing with on a much, much larger level was also 
personally affecting each of the birth charts based on where those planets were when you were born. And that's how you can take a very wide conjunction or like not conjunction, but like a, you know, a wide theme and then say, well, how did some people benefit? And some people didn't. Some people came out ahead and some people went into depression. Yeah. So this is interesting because um, it is true. Like I will look back at like, you know, how Brad and I shifted in the last couple of years. And then you can look at another situation with someone and that was not what happened. And it can be easy to feel a little bit guilty, like, you know, and I'm not saying I don't feel guilty at all, but like, it is interesting to see like some of that stuff is out of everyone's control. Some of that was just like the, when they say that's how the stars aligned, it's really how the stars aligned. Truly, truly. And, and I also, I, I think it's, uh, it has to be very interesting for you to be able to see that something is coming, but not have the details of all the things. Just know that like y'all, y'all were like, Something big is about to happen and you're kind of just like waiting to see what that thing is. How how do you wait? <laughs> I know. It, it, I know. Honestly, that is the hard part because, I mean, I am a human as well, mm-hmm. right? Like I um, have money in the stock market, like all just the normal <laughs> things, right, that will affect me as well. So, yeah, the waiting part is is kind of hard. For sure. Yeah. But like even like the Pluto moving into Aquarius, like, you know, sometimes when we're in it, it's not as easy to see, you know, and we the last time we saw Pluto move into Aquarius was like the U.S. was one or two years old. Whoa. You know, so it's like I didn't I mean, I could read history books about what was going on during that time. (laughs) But we've had so much technology happen. We you know, we've evolved so much that it can't be the exact same storyline, but I'm sure that there will be a lot of similarities between what happened so i here's what's really interesting that there's a common theme where there's something coming up and then you look back at the history of that thing whether it is Mm -hmm. from the stars and the signs moving based on the worldly events but also you said with our own thing we can look back and go okay what has happened to you in 2008 how is that so it's going to be similar energy yes and when we do those things it gives us data that shows us signs and we can have more confidence and moving to those next things and so i think when i asked you like how do you wait it sounds like yeah you wait but you also are still taking action you're still living life and like in being it till we see it it's not about like waiting until we become the thing it's like getting the information that we can glean from something yes and then taking action with that information yeah and i will give clients like positive ways of living out the energies or i'll say hey be proactive about it I'm telling you these things, Um, for example, like there's an energy I talk about where I'm saying you might be overly concerned about fire safety. Now, this is a very weird example. I don't talk about this often, right? But I'm telling a client that, well, I would hope that they would be proactive and say, maybe I should check the the smoke alarms in my house. Maybe I should see what the expiration date is on my fire extinguisher. Maybe I'm going to fix the fireplace that hasn't worked in six months. Mm. So those are very so now you've heard this information now you can take proactive steps instead of sitting around saying oh no is my house gonna catch on fire yes <laughs> right yes yeah well and yeah. i mean this is also great okay so really quick because i feel like we and we didn't even touch like we didn't even make a crack on the surface of any of these things i know but for <laughs> people who are like okay what do what what do i need to do do i need to go do my natal chart do i need a tarot reading um when would it can really quick like how yeah. often should you be getting a tarot reading? <laughs> Why yeah, would absolutely. you get that one? Yeah. So I think every three to six months is a healthy um, kind of schedule to be on. I see clients more often than that. And I see clients less often than that. So, but I do think that it is just a tool, just like seeing a therapist, right? At some point, the therapist is going to say, how do you feel about this? <laughs> like, what do you think? Like, I th- we can't use it as a crutch. So I don't think, you know, every couple of weeks. Sometimes it can become a little overkill, right? Where I have to say, let's put some responsibility on ourselves as well, <laughs> not just these tools. Yeah. Um, so every three to six months, I think is healthy. If you've never had an astrology chart, I would start with a natal birth chart reading. Um, and even if you are a little versed already in astrology, like I said, everyone talk, speaks a little bit differently. Everyone has a different language that they they bring to the table. So, you know, if you're looking to get a six to 12 month outlook, okay, what energies do I have coming in the next six to 12 months? Then we can work with more of the predictive side of the chart. Mm, that's cool. So if you're, if you're getting ready to maybe switch careers and you have a, a goal yeah. of that for happening in the next six to 12 months, you could 
do a more predictive chart so you can kind of balance out the energies and really kind of know what to expect. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. I love it. I think <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, with feng shui, yeah. is that something that is ongoing? Is it something you can like, well, I mean, this sounds redundant because we've talked about it earlier. You do you do it, do you do it one time and that's it? Or are you kind of re feng shuiing every once in a while? Correct. Yeah, I know. Cause I've had people say, well, I've had a feng shui consult before. Like, okay, that's like saying I've, you've had a haircut before. It is an ongoing <laughs> process, right? Because we're always changing and our house is always changing. Whether we're moving a new animal in or we're, our, we bought a bunch of new clothes that were on sale and now our closet's packed or something breaks and so we're not using it. The home's constantly changing. So um, that's what I love about the consults that I offer that I teach you things. I don't just say, move this here, do this, do that. I want you to understand why we're doing it. I want to make sure that you relate to what I think the artwork or the position of the furniture is doing or manifesting in your life. Mm -hmm. And so I leave you with those tools to then take a more discriminative look at your house to say, what is my house saying? Mm. And that gets really wild, right? Is where you have a financial breakthrough and then something is happening in your financial corner in your home where, where a tree branch breaks off of a big tree within 24 hours of you having some sort of, you know, financial breakthrough. It's, it's so weird. Right. And I have hundreds of stories about how either the home speaks and then something happens in our life or something happens in our life. And then the home has to react. That this is so, so this, I think more people have experienced something like that without even knowing it because they'll, you know, like my, my girlfriend, she, she texts me this morning. She's like, um, she's like, well, something is going on because I, I've never done this, but I spilt coffee all over my desk and in trying to clean it up, I fell down the stairs and like, oh my gosh, <laughs> and she's yeah. okay. She's fine. She's okay. like, I feel like I had some sort of karmic breakthrough. Something just happened. But like, it's, I think it's very fascinating because we could, you know, so a, a tree could fall and you go, that's really sad for them. But then if they had, it was in their financial corner and they had a, a windfall of some kind, like, was it that bad? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, the home speaks to us. And so understanding the Bagua, um, or even just taking a more, again, like, look at your life. Okay, what kind of breakthrough did I have, especially if there's something that broke in the house, or you bring something nicer into the home. Okay, and now I have now I have a change in my life. It's all it's all related. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I want to talk to you forever. And I just had this like vision of like, I'm going to have to have you back for like an annual like update on like what's. Yes. <laughs> well, do yeah. something. But um, sure. we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to let people know where they can work with you, get their natal chart or feng shui con- uh, work done. All right, loves. It's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. 
I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Kate. So where do people, where do you hang out? Where do people find you? How can they work with you? Absolutely. So um, I have a website, which is www.thekatewind.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at the underscore Kate Wind. Um, And then I also run a podcast with my mom called Mom and Me Astrology. Okay. That's going to be so fun. Do you guys (laughs) just talk about what's happening in the, the world's charts at that time? Yeah, so um, we launched a link, a weekly podcast, and um, like right now we're talking about the eclipse seasons. But you know, back during the election, we were looking at potential presidents charts. We absolutely talk about you know what's going on in the world. Um, so we talk about news headlines. Okay, where does this news headline fall into the astrology piece? Again, it's just a great tool if anyone's trying to learn more about astrology. Like how do how does it all connect? But then, of course, many of the episodes we run through all 12 of the signs. Okay, Mercury's retrograde. How does it affect all the 12 signs? Mars retrograde. How is it affecting all 12 of the signs? Okay, well, you're going on my downloads right now. Okay. And everyone, I, I just have to say, like, when I was talking with Kate, one of the first time we met, this is something that she and her mom, you did mention this, like, you guys look at different states or countries and, and their charts. And it yes. explains a lot about the energy that's happening over there. And I think... um. I think that's really cool information to have. Uh, mm-hmm. So as people interact with those things, they can have that, they can be armed with that information. So check out our podcast. Okay, before I let you go. Yes. Speed action items. So how can like bold, executable, intrinsic targets that people can take to be it till they see it? How would that work with what you've got for us? Absolutely. I would say take a look at your home and what is your home saying? I want you to look at the artwork, the pictures that are on your wall. Are they current? Are they updated? Are they sad? Are they scary? I want what is on your walls to look abundant. I don't want them to be little dead, frail trees. If you have um, an orchid plant that someone gave you for your birthday two years ago and it doesn't have any more flowers on it, like I'm giving you permission to throw it away. Anything that's broken in your home, get rid of that energy because it is all reflective and it all takes a toll on our physical lives. So remove the dead energy. Um, if there's, if you're listening, you're thinking, I don't have any dead energy in, in, in my house. I want you to do this. I want you to go around your house. I want you to take note of where you cuss. What area of your home brings you so much frustration that you're spilling those four letter words? Okay. (laughs) So maybe that's a rug that you always trip over the corner because it's not taped down. Maybe it's a drawer that you can't open because you have six spatulas in there. Why do we need six spatulas? Right. I want you to take notes of those places, and that's where I want you to start because those are creating hiccups in your space that then change your energy. Right. So you just trip over the rug and now uh, your husband walks into the room. Who are you shaking that out on right now? You're in a crappy mood mm-hmm. and husband tries to tell you something, right? And you're giving, you're spouting off attitude or something. So I discover where you cuss in your home. <laughs> That's and address a great that, action right? step because <laughs> yeah. it is true. I, I love that you thought about people like, okay, maybe you don't, maybe you don't have any dead plants. You're really good at getting of those things. Well, then yeah. where are you cussing? And Claire, I know you're listening. She's been tripping a lot lately. I think oh, no. you might want to see where that is <laughs> happening in your apartment. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. They're. Oh my. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you for that. I think um, this is very timely because I always do it on New Year's. I always go through all the drawers and all the clothes and all the shoes because I'm like, I don't want to take this stuff into the next year with me. So yes, y'all, that. how are you going to use these tips in your life? Um, you want to tag the underscore Kate Wynn, the be a pod, let us know, share with a friend. If you are, you're intrigued, if we've piqued your interest, if you're feeling like seen that you're, you are who you are based on like all these important things of the planet, then make sure you contact her and let us know how this, um, affected you. We want to hear about it. And until next time, be it till you see it.
episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. The Atelier Seat is a production of Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Crowell. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Mesh Herico, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can't. And to Angelina Herico for transcribing each episode so you can find it on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks, and you can go to beatpod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code, Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do.